You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. You're listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. This is the CRM Archaeology Podcast. It's the show where we pull back the veil of cultural resources management archaeology and discuss the issues that everyone is concerned about. Welcome to the podcast. Hello and welcome to the CRM Archaeology Podcast, episode 278 for November 28th, 2023. I'm your host, Chris Webster. On today's show, we talk about the apparent toxic culture in CRM and what you can and should do about it. So uh, I've got nothing good to say. And the Zero Archaeology podcast starts right now. Welcome to the show, everyone. Joining me today is Heather in California. Hi, everyone. And Andrew in California. What's up, party people? How's it going? Nice. All right. Well, I'm over here in North Carolina, the complete opposite side of the country, and Doug can't make it today. And Bill may come in if he figures out how to get online in his Airbnb that he's currently at. (laughs) But who knows? We may see him a little bit later. All right. Well, I wanted to start the show and maybe we'll just have a little bit of a chat about this for the first segment. But I wanted to start the show with kind of a plug, but then also a discussion about health insurance for my friend, Richie Cruz. And Richie, and you know, I have no problem saying his name. He's a friend of the show, friend of the network. He's We've, we've done shows together. Uh, we did the Happy Archaeology. Oh, and he's got the Happy Archaeology Fun Time persona on YouTube and, and a website. We do a live stream called You Call This Archaeology on Facebook. Although we had to stop that a few months ago because he was diagnosed with cancer. So, and he's I don't know how old Richie is, 32, 33, something like that. Uh, He's pretty young. He's in his early 30s and he's dealing with it, right? He had a bunch of surgeries. His life has forever changed regardless of how this comes out. His life has forever changed because of the surgeries that he had. And now he's waiting on some treatments. I think it's for the injections or something like that. He went through one thing. Now he's going through another thing. And and that's supposed to be the one that, you know, kind of kicks this, hopefully. But the point is, he put up a GoFundMe. He does have health insurance right now. He happened to get full-time with a company not long before all this happened, which was very fortuitous. And they're, you know, I don't know how much it's covering, but the insurance is covering a lot of it because this is really expensive. But he's also not able to work that much, right? They're not covering his living expenses. It's covering his health, his medical expenses, but he still needs to live. He still needs to eat. He still needs to, you know, uh, he's had to buy extra clothing because he's lost a ton of weight and can't stay warm, right? They can't keep enough blood in his body with all these things. And and he just can't stay warm. He's, he's like cold all the time, even when it's like 75, 80 degrees out. And he lives in Reno. So it's definitely not that right now. And it's getting colder. So I'm just saying he put up this GoFundMe. The link is in the show notes. Um, I've posted it before on my my page on Facebook and also on the Archaeo Field Text page on our group on, on Facebook. He's at 13398 as of this recording of $15,000. And $15,000 is a pretty modest goal for living expenses, I got to say. Yeah, because like I said, he's still trying to put in as many hours as he can. Because you know what? This field is garbage for taking care of our own when something goes bad. It's just simply garbage. I mean, sure, you might get your, your some of your medical expenses paid for, but like I said, if you just can't physically work because you're fatigued and tired and and just just worn out from you know trying to fight for your life, but you're also like, God damn it, I need to write one more site record or do whatever. It's just shitty. Shitty we have to live through that. So if you've got an extra six dollars, go over there and and donate to Richie, even if you don't know him. You don't have to know him to be able to support one of our own because you know what? You could get cancer tomorrow. I'm I'm sorry for Richie. Yeah. It it doesn't take much, like you said. You don't have to be given a yeah. hundred dollars. You can give anything, right? Mm-hmm. I you know, I have somebody on our staff that whose husband is going through the same thing and 
So it's not just archaeology. I mean, the, the thing is, is that when you get cancer, it's all consuming and you really need to focus on getting yourself well. And so working is difficult, yeah. even if it's not a physical job. You know, her husband's is not a physical job. So it it's just, you know, it really does a number on your memory. It does a number on your energy level, your ability to focus. And so I don't think that this is just an archaeology thing. This is a you know, it's widespread. I mean, you have, you know, you have to take some time off and you get the EDD, right? So that's like 70% of your income that can come, can come in. So you're already reduced Mm -hmm. in what you're making. And then that only lasts so much, right? And then, you know, to me, I think it's one of the most difficult is the energy that it takes to just get through the red tape of making sure that, you know, the insurance is getting what it wants and, you know, all the paperwork is, is right. And so, you know, I think that it is, it, it, it's widespread. I don't know, you know, really what the answer is to that because even, you know, people say socialized medicine or whatever. I mean, I have lots of friends yeah. in Canada. It ain't what it's cracked up to be. It's not the same. You know, so, but yeah, it it's, it's difficult. It's just, I don't think I had, I've known lots of people with with cancer before, but never watched the day in, day out struggle until this sure. friend and colleague, her husband, went has is in the middle of it now. And it is it's yeah. just rough. It's so hard. Well, unfortunately, this is the third person I've seen battling cancer, two of which didn't make it, both all three in their early 30s. Mm-hmm. And it was different cancers in the other cases because uh, right. there's you never know what kind of cancer is going to do what. But yeah, it's terrible. One was my sister-in-law and I was actually there when she, when she passed and it was just, you know, it's a terrible, terrible thing. Right. But that goes back to, you know, to keep it on topic here, a discussion about this field and, and all those things. And we're going to bring up some other stuff later that, you know, comes back to self-confidence and, you know, people's ability to kind of, kind of own their situations and, and, and just, I don't know, just be good people, I guess. And I don't know. And just try to get work done and, and, and have a job. And it's so weird that you can't really do that in this field. There's always these other considerations. So if you are working for a, you know, a decent sized company that is providing health insurance, first off, take a close look at that health insurance, because there's definitely levels, right? And even within the same company, you might have different levels of health insurance. You may have had a choice and not really know what you were doing when you first Mm -hmm. saw it, because how many times have you had to pick health insurance in your life? Probably not that many as a field tech in archaeology. So just take a look at it, you know, make sure, see what it covers. And then don't forget too, there's always, geez, I don't know if Richie's done this or not, but like credit cards, weirdly enough, and other things, they often have like this this kind of insurance that's part of the terms and conditions of the credit card that says, hey, you know, if you've got, you know, loss of limb and all these other weird things that they've got, they'll just pay you, right? To, to not, not only as kind of an insurance, but also to help pay your credit card bills and, and things like that. It's a weird thing. And, and I've seen it before on these. And I know a good friend from high school actually lost his arm in an accident. And he said that was one of the things that kept him through it is he had like six credit cards and they all gave him money. Huh without any strings attached. So yeah, I know you got to look at the fine print on everything that you have and just see if there's any, any extra cash out there that you can get. But anyway, I don't know. You know, I would say one thing in terms of health insurance in general, we know in the CRM world, sometimes it comes and goes, you know what I mean? It depends on which firm you're working for and you know, you have it, then you don't. For those of you out there who currently have it and you're in like the sort of 40 year old to 50 year old range, Go get your mm-hmm. colonoscopy. I have to do my yes. little like song and dance. I just did it like two weeks ago. I'm 51 years oh. old. Then I have to report it's not that bad. And the the procedure itself is like nothing. It's just the mm. setup. It's just the like not have like can't eat anything for a day. Have to drink you know, nasty stuff or take these funky pills. That's yeah. the only bummer. Once you di- the the process is nothing. And then. It's total like if it comes out clear, then you're like, shoo, and you don't even have to care for 10 years. And if it doesn't, then, you know, and you can take steps. So I just that's my little commercial, like do it, do your colonoscopy. Yep. And then there's also I know, you know, our company has incentives to to uh, preventative care. So if you're Mm -hmm. you do have insurance, making sure knowing that all that preventative care generally is covered. That's even if you have the lowest level like Chris was saying, there's choices. Mm-hmm. And I do think 
that, you know, I was thinking when I was in high school, we had business class. When I was in high school, we had specific classes that taught you about some of these life skills or life knowledge that you had to have, like balancing a checkbook, balancing, I should checkbook, but a bank account would be more appropriate now, but balancing a a bank account, how to fill out forms, just just the regular forms, uh, taxes, how to do taxes. I mean, all these things were taught in your high school and now they're Mm -hmm. not anymore. And Mm -hmm. so I think this is a major issue because you know, young people are coming out of college and, and, and they're being thrust into the real world and they don't know how to do any of this. And I think also it, it affects the perception of a job, of what a job is supposed to be, what it's supposed to provide. And people then are just turning to social media with armchair, you know, experts that aren't experts. And people have a very messed up idea, I think, of what work is, should and should not be. And, you know, that's what, you know, it's important Mm -hmm. that you have a good understanding of what your expectations are so that you can prepare. Like instead of just sitting back and saying and complaining and saying life isn't what it's supposed to be, you know, because you don't even know what it is supposed to be. Right. Yeah. I think, you know, as far as insurance, I'll I'll just say real quick for insurance and uh, and we're not going to stay on insurance for the whole podcast, but you know, there are many companies have different levels for me personally, you have to look at it. There's, it's not obviously not a one size fits all. That's why there's different choices Mm -hmm. for me. I rarely go to the doctor. I definitely should go to the doctor more than I do. Mm-hmm. But because of that, I have no I don't want to be paying these high premiums for 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 stuff I'm not going to use. I just know who I am. I've got two young adults that are still on my on my program that hardly ever go to the doctor. My husband doesn't really go. So it's we don't re, we don't use it. So what I do is I pick the selection that is a very low premium and then I take the money that I would be spending on the premium and I put it in my HSA account or my HRA account, account, which builds up. It's like a bank account for medical oh, yeah. expenses. Yeah. And then I'm almost in a way self-insuring, right? Uh-huh. So instead of just sure. throwing away money on these high premiums, that works for me. But there are some yeah. people that know that they need to go to the doctor more often or they have a chronic illness or they're, they, they tend to feel better if they go to the doctor more often then maybe that's not the right selection for them. But people, it's sad because there's a lot of people that do not know how to make these selections. Right. And then they end up in a bad spot. You know, like, I I love how you just explained your situation. You know, for you, you do this, this, and this, but it's because you read the fine print. You know what's Mm -hmm. up. Nobody does. They just sort of are like, well, I have health insurance, so if I'm in a car crash, it's going to be okay. It's like, no, (laughs) like, look close. And there's a lot of little things you can do, like, that they'll cover that are great. Like, one thing for me, I realized I, I could have covered, like, a screening for, like, vitamin deficiencies and stuff. Like, basically just a blood test. And Mm -hmm. I just found out I was super low in vitamin D. So I started to take vitamin D and I'm like, oh, my God, I feel a little better, you know, and little things like that. It's like, dude, if you can get like a blood test covered, do it, man. Like, look into your health insurance because there's so much there that I I bet, you know, nine out of ten of you aren't doing. Yeah. But I think this disgruntled feeling that people have a feeling like. They don't have any control. It can definitely be solvable and adjusted by taking control of your own life and doing some yeah. due diligence and, and educating yourself. Yep. Um, it's doing that work. When you just sit back and complain and, and are frustrated because everybody's out to get you, the the best way, even even if you're in a bad situation overall in life, if you take control and and do what you can to fix your own problems, your confidence will go higher. You're, you're going to have the information in your hand, at least more than you did before, to fix your own problems. And then you can really see what the true problems are. But if you're just sitting back, right, and just saying everything sucks, right, and, and that's unfortunately what I see a lot of, 
on social mm-hmm. media. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. We are going to get to that for sure. But for now, let's take a break and come back on the other side and continue this discussion back in a minute. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks. Oh yeah. That's me. Nothing extra. Just perfection and a straw coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Welcome back to the Sierra Archaeology Podcast, episode 278. And, you know, we started talking about... Richie's current situation on Segwood One. And that led me to think, you know, I mentioned that, like I said, because of some of the operations he's had and some of the some of the things that have happened because of that, his life is literally forever changed. And I'm not sure if he'd even be able to do field work ever again. But if anybody can, you know, muscle their way back into field work, it's Richie, that's for sure. But so, you know, let's hope for that. But thing is, you know, it doesn't hurt when you're just like tooling around on the internet, maybe hit up LinkedIn or Glassdoor or something like that and just look for jobs that you think fit your skill set. The skill set you've learned in archaeology, right? And, and maybe you took some extra classes in college that had nothing to do with this that you might think, hey, you know what? That actually looks like something I might be qualified for. Not that you need to switch careers because there's a lot of people that are in archaeology because of a, a passion they have. But if something happens and you can't do archaeology anymore because what gets most people out of archaeology is the field work, right? I mean, if there's a work from home position, great, but there's very few of those, right? A lot of times you just have to be in the field if you're going to be an archaeologist. There's no way around that. I mean, again, depending on the level. But if you're still at that level where most of your work is definitely walking around in, in jungles and deserts and forests and digging holes, then you never know what's going to happen. And it doesn't hurt to Either A, have an extra skill set that you, you know, you maybe have as a hobby that you could turn into some work if need be, or B, or in addition to, just kind of take a look out there and see where your skills could be applied because you've learned a lot of things that some people think, oh, this only applies to fieldwork in archaeology. That's absolutely not true, right? I mean, the only thing that applies to fieldwork in archaeology is the ability to walk and dig a hole, right? That's it. So everything else is analytical skills. It's writing skills. It's, you know, leadership skills. It's all these other little things that you don't realize could just translate to a thousand other jobs that maybe not are archaeology, but at least keeps you surviving. So the one thing is writer writing. Being able to do technical yeah. writing, we need it desperately in archaeology. We have a dearth of that in archaeology. And there's a lot of people that people that don't want to do it. They'd rather be in the field. Mm-hmm. And I get that. I totally get it. But exercising that muscle, the writing muscle, is really important. And so doing, even if you just do a survey and you contact your, your boss and you say, hey, can I write up the survey section? That just continues. Mm-hmm. It, you, it's it's a muscle you need to exercise. Once you kind of get out of practice of doing it, you got to. It's hard to get back into it. So you know, even if you're, you'd rather stay in the field. You know, volunteering to write certain sections that are field based is is definitely a key, and that is something that will carry you through. If you go out of archaeology, if you're a good technical writer, you should not have a problem finding a job. Yeah, I think I did that at one point, you know, Heather, exactly what you're talking about. I was on a survey and I said, you know, at the end of the survey, I was like, hey, could I write up this part? And I think they reacted like, 
really? Sure. You know, because I guess they weren't used to hearing that. So yeah, I highly recommend mm-hmm. that. I think it's a great point, Heather, just to something as simple as asking your boss or whoever's in, in control. Can I write up this, this bit? Right. And then the other thing, just remembering if you're getting, when you're getting into that writing, you know, task is know that, you know, each company has a certain way that they like things written up and technical writing is very different than any other kind of writing. And so if you haven't done it before, I remember I came out of, when I came out of graduate school, you know, I, Writing is definitely a strong suit for my, for me. And a lot of my, mm-hmm. you know, my professor said I was a really good writer. I came out and it was just the first report I wrote. My supervisor redlined the whole thing and I was crushed. And I, <laughs> I, I was like, what the heck, you know? But I realized that it's, it's just a different kind of writing. So you have to be willing to take that criticism, not get, you know, discouraged by it and, Technical writing is some of the most is one of the most useful skills you can have across the board in just about any profession. So technical writing, if you're able to do that well, you can get a job anywhere, really. So because there's just there really is a a dearth of of good writers. So. Heather, the same thing happened to me after I wrote my first one, you know, like there were definitely a bunch of rewrites there, you know? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the first yeah. time is always really rocky. It's tough. You, you really can't get offended by that. Honestly, it's a learning no. experience. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what you're there for. And that's the whole point too, is there are, there are co- expensive courses out there for technical writing that you can learn. Right. Mm-hmm. But you yeah. can also learn this on the job for free. Oh, yes. totally. right? You can get paid totally. to learn. Yeah. yeah. You just, you just have to step up. So many of these people that I, I got to say, I'm just going to use the word. So many people that just complain about their situation yeah. in, in <laughs> on different social media groups. I feel like they're, they're complaining about not having opportunities. But to be honest, a lot of people aren't just aren't, aren't equipped to just think about your opportunities mentally. Right. They're only thinking about their own opportunities half the time. And I'm not saying everybody, but a lot of people are, of course, looking out for themselves first. And they're not necessarily looking out for other people, not because of any sort of negative thing. It's just how the, it's right. just how people work. Yeah. Right? right. So you have to make your own opportunities. You have to look for those things and you have to say, Hey, can I do this? And if you know what your employer or your crew chief or your field director, your program, your project manager, whoever is responsible for your education, if they are not giving you those things, well, that's when you start looking for something else and you start looking for yeah. upward mobility. It has nothing to do with the company. Maybe they just don't have the bandwidth for it. Right. Right. Maybe they just don't have the skills you want to learn. And so you need to go somewhere that does. It's like when you go to grad school, you look for a professor and and a program that highlights what you want to do. If you want to do Egyptology, you're probably not going to go to, you know, the University of North Dakota, right? You're probably going to go somewhere that does Egyptology so you can learn from the best, right? right? So I would just say I recommend to anyone based on the writing thing. It's like if you if you think you want to do this, write up a a short culture history of your own area. Like just write it. You know how to do this. Like read like 10 local archaeology reports. You know how they go. Now just write your own for yourself. You could use it later. You could put it in. But that would be really great. It's like stop complaining online. Sit down and write a succinct culture history of the area where you work yeah I mean, that's a great that's idea cool. that's a great idea you'd be surprised you know those are the things that unfortunately those sections of reports are stale more often than anything else because yeah. it's boilerplate totally. and it's a lot of times it's not updated because the companies just do not have the time to do it and it's a shame and so if you if you wrote that it may need some tweaking. It's likely going to need some tweaking, but you might yeah. even be something that could help the company that you're working for. You know, I would just say, I do want to say for those listeners that are new to CRM, I think that, you know, social media, when we have the hive, you know, where everybody kind of comes together and <laughs> is talking, that's a good thing. That's great. But you have to have a critical yeah. mind when you're reading these things. Because if you looked at social media right now, you would think that archaeology is the worst (laughs) job you could get. You never will make any money. Everybody's out to screw you. Your bosses are are always wanting to take take advantage of you. It's not the case. The people that are the loudest are usually the ones that complain the most. And those that are in a good 
position and and have a great job, and there's a lot of us out there, are not going to go out there. Number one, we're not going to challenge it because if you challenge, if you just watch, if you challenge on these on these sites, they will literally eat you alive. You know, with yeah stuff that doesn't even make sense. So it's not worth arguing, right? Why? Because Mm -hmm, I actually mm -hmm. have a job a good job. And I'm focusing on that good job. I know people are going to send in stuff. They're going to hate this, but you know, I, I'm actually working <laughs> like I, I'm actually working hard. Okay. Yeah. I'm not sitting on social media complaining about something I don't have. Right. So I've been there. Yeah. yeah. I, it was, it took some work to get to the position I'm at right now, but it is possible. And so for those that are new in the field, do not look at this and think that that's the way this culture, this this job is. It isn't. It does not need to be that way at all. Coming from somebody yeah. who hires all the time, there is work out there. This fallacy that there's not enough work out there or that there's not good jobs out there, it's not true. But I will say that when you come on to a job, right, and you come in as a malcontent, not that you are yeah. standing up for yourself, there's nothing wrong with that, but don't come in thinking, you have to be a malcontent to begin with. You may be working for a good company. Like think critically. Look at the situation yeah. that's in front of you and think critically. And if there are things that you don't like about it, ask questions. Don't attack. <laughs> ask questions. I think it's such Maybe a great point. You don't know. Yeah. I think it's such a great point about the whole social media thing, because if you look at the three of us here in terms of the CRM world and all that, the three of us are fantastically successful. You know, we are. And how often are the three of us bitching on social media? Like never. I I think the three of us probably have almost no social media footprint because we don't care. It doesn't give us like joy, you know? Yeah, I'm on YouTube and stuff, but I don't sit in these inane chat rooms and bitch. I spend that time writing real stuff for publication. You know, I care what other people think. I want the world to know about archaeology, but that's some of the most like just unhealthy stuff is the whole social media world. I will. I will say so on the other side of this. Yeah. Have I been unhappy? Have I been treated wrongly at work? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Do I do, sure. do I stay up at night sometimes thinking what in the world? Like and and shed some tears over some unkind people yeah. in this yeah. business. Absolutely. But yeah. that's life, right? So and sometimes that's a good thing. Like when you when people show you for who they are. That's a good thing. That's a that is information you now have to make decisions in your life, to make changes in your life. But it's you that needs to make the change. You're not going to sit back and expect everything to be solved for you or sit back and wait for the perfect job. It's not out there. Why? Because these jobs are created. They are facilitated. They are controlled by human beings. Some are very nice human beings and some are pretty crappy human beings. That's life in any job. So you as a, as a person who's trying to get a job, need to think critically and need to make your own decisions. You could have the best job in the world and be the most miserable employee because you are not taking charge of your own life. And that is, that's the key to happiness is making yeah. sure that you are making that effort to gain the knowledge that you need to do need to have in order to make some good critical decisions about your life. Indeed. And with that, we'll take a break and come back on the other side and finish up this discussion back in a minute. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. 
and all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to the CRM Archaeology Podcast, episode 278. And we are complaining about complaining on the internet. And (laughs) while we're doing this. So... You know, there is there is reason, of course, sometimes to to speak your mind and you should always do that. And I think that's one of the reasons why, like literally this morning, I posted in the Archeo Field Text group because first off, I'm a moderator, so I can see everything. And there's a large number of anonymous posts, which we've talked about before and I've talked about on the group. And you know, I kind of call out anonymous posts sometimes when I feel like they're ridiculous. Like somebody posted this thing about with an article, like just an article they were wanting opinions on. And they posted that anonymously and then deleted it for whatever reason after it had like 10 comments. And I'm not sure what the reasons are there, but I'm like, are you afraid to actually give your opinion on this scientific journal article? Are you afraid to, you know, post saying you're, you're possibly looking for work. That's one of the things that we said we we're going to bring up at the beginning of this show. But I, I put up a post here and I was like, listen, you know, employers especially should not get mad or feel offended if somebody says on social media, hey, does anybody know if there's any work here or over there or whatever's going on? Because of all the reasons we've stated here today, you know, maybe you're looking for a skill set that the company just can't provide you. Maybe you're just unhappy. That's fine. That Not everything's a good fit, right? It just, that's the way it is. That's any job that you're going to have. But employers really shouldn't get mad about that. Um, and if they are, which I doubt a lot of them really are, uh, and I'm going to talk about that here in a second. It's just, um, it just seems like that's happening because of the social media effect, right? So what we've been talking about here is there's there's a lot of comments on Facebook, especially this Archaeo Field Text group that are just overly negative about the field. There's some good ones too. Don't get me wrong. There's some good discussions, but there's a lot of stuff where people are just unhappy and it's the it's the internet effect, right? It's the the Yelp and YouTube review effect. It's just people only post when they're pissed off and they're negative. And therefore the impression for people who maybe are mm-hmm. new in the field comes in and says, Oh, look at this. This is all just like super bad. And my answer to that is, have you ever been on the internet before? Because if you're, if you're taking the opinions of these people who are posting negatively in this group as like the gospel in how CRM archeology span is and how this business is, then you've clearly not been exposed to the internet. And you know, you've been living under a rock somewhere and just came out. I have a RV that is built by a company called Tiffin. And to be honest, they're kind of high-end RVs, but we live in it full-time and we wanted something that was built well and was going to last the long term. So we spent a little more money on it after we sold our house. And they don't sell these new for less than like $250,000. I mean, they're expensive RVs, right? And that's like the cheapest one. That's not even the one we have. And I'm in a couple of these groups and it's just like for technical forums and, and, and issues and things like that. And all, if you were just to read those to determine whether or not you wanted to buy this very expensive RV, you'd never do it because you'd think, yeah. oh my God, these things are riddled with problems, but they sell thousands <laughs> of them a year and like nobody has problems, right? Like the few people that do, yeah, sure. It's a factory. Your, your house is undergoing a 2.0 earthquake every time you drive it. it some of the systems are going to break. That's just what's going to happen. But for the most part, it's all right. They're good. They're well built. They have a good reputation, but not on social media. And that's literally any group, right? Literally any group, literally anything. Somebody's going to be pissed off. And those keyboard warriors are going to be the ones that give you the opinion that you really should be informing, informing yourself. And I right. just don't understand it. I, I understand. I have no problem with people writing the posts or reading the posts, but it should not be what you are using to make these life decisions for yourself, you know? And, and so, you know, I remember when I was a kid, my dad would always read consumer reports or an, you know, a non, I don't know if consumer reports is the same thing as it was back when I was a kid where it, it was, you know, companies, it was completely unbiased. Companies could not, 
pay to be in that the magazine or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so you got a good unbiased opinion. I mean, there's always a bias, but anyway, and it gave you some good information to make a decision on a purchase of a car or whatever. And so you should always be looking for opportunities to gather information from either unbiased forms or through people that you trust. Mm -hmm. And you don't even know these people on Facebook. You don't, you know, and it's the same people that complain and I feel bad. I feel bad that, that these people have had such a hard time in archaeology. But you also have to look at, and I'm sure people are going <laughs> to say something about this, but you have to, if people are having a negative experience and they move around from to company to company to company, other people should look and these people should look inward at, okay, what's the problem here? Yeah. If I'm always the one that's having these issues, right? So... It's yeah, I, I just I just caution people when they're looking. I think it's it's a it is a form of information, but it should not be the only thing. And the mm-hmm. problem is, is that we have these if that's all you're looking at. And a lot of people, that's what they look at, especially though my son is 23 years old and he that is kind of his go to not Facebook, but these types of forums are his go to. Yeah. And it. I get it. That's not my go-to, but it's for that age, that generation. And you need to think critically. You need to go out and get to know people and make your way in this, in this world, archaeology world, so that sure. you do have people that you can reach out to that might have a connection for a job, but also might have some knowledge when it comes to different companies who treats people right. Right now we are creating, there's such a negative light on our, on, on, on our profession. A lot of it is something we've created. We've mm-hmm. created this negativity as archaeologists. And then when you give a voice to people that focus on that negativity, then that's your main voice. And now yeah. you're giving these negative, negative Nancy's or whatever, so much control over our profession. And it doesn't need to be that way. So that's interesting you say that because I was thinking about that um, in the light of this post that I wrote on, on the Archaeophiltex group. It's, you know, I, I'm saying I actually said in there, I was like, you know what? These people that are that are, quote, being toxic and and, you know, doing all these bad things and they're in these these leadership positions, they legit need to be called out. I'm sorry. Yes. They just need to be called out and they need to be called out for their behavior because you know what they were five, 10 years ago? They were field techs mm-hmm. and they were experiencing the same thing. And this group, Archaeofield Techs, was started 11 years ago. May 13th, 2012 is when this group was started. It's a very old group. It's been around for a long time. And you know what? The people that were complaining on day one about this field are now the ones being complained about. And it's like, it's just an endless cycle. And, you know, you get to this position and I don't know, for some reason, it's not everybody, obviously. There's some really good people out there, really good leaders, really good company owners, really good project managers. But again, it's the the you know, the people who are squawking about it that, that get all the play and they make it, they make it sound like everybody's bad. It, it could be that way. It could be also that the people that ended up in positions kept their mouth shut and just mm-hmm. worked their way up the company. And yeah, I, I think that, you know, if there's, I'm not saying that these people, we don't know, they post once in a while. That's not what they do all the time. But I think, it's just a caution. Number one, yeah. if you're new to this business, don't use that as your as your way of trying to understand the business and how it works. And number two, if you are somebody who who is on a regular basis writing in and complaining, really do some searching, some soul searching and saying, OK, I'm doing a lot of complaining. It's either sometimes you just need that. You need that emotional Mm -hmm. support network. I'm frustrated. I needed to say something and be heard. That's fine. Yeah. But are you working as hard to improve whatever situation you can? Are you working as hard at doing that as you are at just complaining? And Mm -hmm. so I, I think people just need to 
think critically about other people's behavior and about their own behavior and be honest with themselves. Because my ambition is not to say there's not issues in this business. There is. And I've, I've been at the bad end of that. Like Andrew's a dear friend of mine and he can vouch for the (laughs) times that I've sat at a table crying because I'm frustrated. Yeah. And, and honestly, you know, it's like, it's the same for all of us. I mean, I could talk about some brutal situations that I was a part of where I was ripped off like so bad, you know, and, and it's just, anyone would be like, Oh my God, you got, it's like a scam how bad you were ripped off by the CRM firm, you know? So yes, we all have that kind of stuff. It is part of life, you know, but it doesn't color my entire experience. Right. And it doesn't have to be the impetus behind people, good people leaving this business. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you can't sit back and say, oh, this business sucks and it and it it's never going to change or you say you want to change it, but you're not doing anything to change it. Right. And then you mm-hmm. leave like there is some there's some great companies in this business. There's some very good people in this business. And I'm listen, I'm not perfect. But I tell you, my number one ambition in at work is not about putting out the best report. It, I want the best report. Absolutely. OK, I work way more hours than I should because my number one ambition are the people that work on my team and that yeah. they live in a healthy environment and that they're learning and they're growing as professionals. That is my number one priority. And then. The good reporting comes from that, but fighting for people. I'm, I am, I'm not all that popular in other circles of my company because I do fight for people and there, I'm not the only one. There's a lot of us out there. There's a lot of us good people out there. And, but I still, I've had people complain about me, which is absurd. (laughs) Like I'm not perfect, but I certainly have no malice in me to hurt somebody else. Like if you want to make it in this business and you live anywhere near in the Southern California region, I will do everything I can to help you. Yeah. But you still have people that just want to complain. Why? Because they don't want to take responsibility over their bad decisions that they've made in their life and their career. Right. And they're malcontents. Yeah, exactly. And and being complained on like that, it's a rite of passage. It happens to all of us. I have been, again, (laughs) brutalized about what a terrible, horrific archaeology professor I am, you know, and so eh, you just it just comes with the territory and you got to like you got to roll with it. It's you got to have you got to have some steel in the walls, man. Andrew, your topic, I, your, your, your turn for your topic is coming around and can we just have you read like YouTube comments that have been written about you and like rate my professor reviews, but only the bad ones. <laughs> oh, oh my God. That would be hilarious. Wasn't there a comedy show that used to do that? Where oh, they yeah. would, uh, the celebrities the would read out. Yeah. Oh, it was the daily show. Yeah. Yeah. They do mean tweets. Yes. Oh, yes. So yes. Many. There's literally on the YouTube side, whenever I talk about Graham Hancock or pseudo-archaeology, I get hundreds of yeah. like what you so-called yeah. profess. Oh, there's so many. We should totally do that. Uh, it's it's, it's got to be a video. It's got to be a video. No, but dude, yeah. Like, yeah. We turn on, yeah, we can turn on our yeah. cameras. It's like, it, for those of you out there, if you've ever felt low in yourself about <laughs> social media comments or whatever, I have right. hundreds. So like, yeah, we can, we can all have a laugh. That would be great. So- so speaking of, it's so funny that you said that, Chris, yeah. speaking of, I I'd want to, and I'm not going to say who it is that said this on the archaeo field. It was a response to your post this morning. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe this person has had a bad experience. Okay. But to say this, we have an incredibly toxic work culture. Yeah. It's rife with retribution and petty mm-hmm. bullshit antics. Sorry. That costs people their jobs and livelihoods. Yeah. Okay. If I'm new to this world, I'm looking at this going, what? You know, and that has, have these things happen? Are there toxic work cultures? Yes. There's toxic work cultures everywhere. In fact, I'm, you know, I worked with my previous jobs I never really had an office culture until I got into CRM. And this is my second career or third career. So Mm -hmm. at the time I was just like, what? 
in the world? I sat around. I'm like, what is this? And my husband said something to me that really, that really like smacked me in the face. He's like, Heather, there's a reason why there's all these TV shows on office culture. Cause that's, that's what happens. This is yeah. when you put a group of people that are working day in, day out with each other, that really a lot of them haven't chosen to work with each other, right? That's you're spending more time with these people than you spend with your own family. Weird things happen. So are there toxic work cultures? Yes, there are. That's life. And is there retribution and petty bullshit? Yes. People, there's not nice people that do things like that. Yes, yeah. that does happen. But it's, to say like that statement makes it sound like this is unique to archaeology and that archaeology, that's all archaeology is. It's only that. And that is yes. not true. Well, of the 24 comments currently on that post, 50, well, one hour after I posted it, that has the most likes. It has 14 likes and one heart. And okay, well, uh, everybody people, agrees with it. Listen, you know what? I'm just telling you, it's not true. Yeah. It, to say that across the board about archaeology yeah. is not true. Yeah. Are you going to run into those situations? Absolutely. You will. Yeah. There's a, there's another blanket statement. One that says employers gaslight new techs in the industry. And I'm just like, okay. give me examples. Yeah. I, <laughs> I would like to so <laughs> when I, when, when I have a new person who, who applies straight out of college and I, we bring them on and we don't have, they're not ready for a full-time position. So mm -hmm. we bring them on as a tech, as a, as needed, and they get a lot of work and they get a lot of overtime. So it's actually, there's some of us that dream about going back to the as needed position. But anyway, so I sit them down and I say, have you, have you applied to any other companies? Mm -hmm. And it, you know, the answers are all over the place, right? I, yeah. And my second thing that I say is, apply to another company, continue right. to apply. You, I, I, as an as needed employer, do not want you just relying on me because mm -hmm. I lose sleep when people don't have an avenue to pay their bills. And so I encourage every single person that I come in contact with to put your name out there to every company you can. Mm -hmm. And to make sure that you are getting known by lots of different companies until you find that full-time position. And even then, eventually, you know, you can move on to another full-time position. But as it as needed, you need to go out and look for other work. I don't want to be your sole source of, <laughs> of work. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Things happen. Yeah. Indeed. Well, we've got to go, but I will say if you, if anybody listening to this could go, you know, especially if you disagree with us, could you post this on Archeo Field Text and then complain about it loudly? That would be great. <laughs> and then we will we will also read those in segment three of Andrew Reed's mean comments. Yeah. So, <laughs> yes. That's gonna <laughs> be right. a long show, dude. That's gonna be a long it'd be a two parter yeah. at least. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, with that, you know, I wasn't sure if we would talk the whole time on this. You know, if you've got opinions put them out there. Feel free to feel free to speak your mind. And I think in this age of the internet and me too, and, and things like that happening, you shouldn't have to suffer in silence if something's going on at your workplace, or you think you're being exploited, or you think you're being, you know, judged and, and, and just generally shit upon, then, uh, you know, call it out on social media, name the company, name the person. That's fine. If they're really being a dick, if they're, you know, let the, let the community decide, you know what I mean? If you're wrong, then probably don't do that. But if you're right, then hopefully you'll be justified. And I'm sure other people will come out of the woodwork too. If somebody's really bad, they just really shouldn't be in this business. They have no business being here. So, but don't always think that that's going to be your answer. Well, it might not, it might backfire. Right. But you yeah, got to stand up I for mean, yourself ultimately. So you can stand up for yourself. Yeah. But are you really standing up to yourself when you're doing it on social media? I know we're supposed to be well, stopping, but, yeah. but yeah, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> are you are you really standing up for yourself? Because it really what that is is you're you're sitting behind some kind of brick wall throwing Molotov cocktails and nobody knows where it's coming from, especially if it's anonymous. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do it anonymously. And are you and, and okay, and if you want to do it anonymously, fine. But really is that solving your problem? Mm -hmm. If you really are having a problem, you need to have the intestinal fortitude to stand up and say something to the person that you're having sure. the issue with. And, and it, and if it results in you not working for that company anymore, it hurts in the beginning, 
but that's probably one of the best things that could happen to you. Move on. Yeah. There's lots of companies. There's a lot of people that need workers. Trust me. Yeah. You just move on to the next company. It sucks. It hurts. Yep. But put I, on your big boy pants and girl pants <laughs> and move on to the next company. And I guarantee you, you're going to be happier. Yeah. Heather, I'd say you're right for sure. I should have said that first. You should confront the company and the person first, go to HR if they have one and deal with all that. But if that doesn't, you know, at least solve your problems and you still think you're in the right, then, you know, taking it to social media is actually a, a, and doing it publicly, not anonymously, I think is actually a way because it's a bigger, you have a bigger voice. A lot more people can listen and a lot more people maybe actually, you know, warned about the situation as well. And if you're wrong and you're just, you know, I don't know, lying or, or misrepresenting yourself, be careful because you'll get called out as well. So, mm-hmm. all right, with that, we'll end the show. Don't forget to check the show notes for Richie's GoFundMe link. Again, if everybody listening to this donated five or six bucks, Richie would have a much more carefree winter, if that can even be the case with his current situation. But at least it'd be one less thing for him to worry about. And you'll appreciate it when it almost inevitably happens to you. With that, we'll see you guys next week or in two weeks, however often we do this podcast. That's it for another episode of the CRM Archaeology Podcast. Links to some of the items mentioned on the show are in the show notes for this podcast, which can be found at www.archpodnet.com slash podcast. Please comment and share anywhere you see the show. If you'd like us to answer a question on a future episode, email us. Use the contact form on the website or just email chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com. Support the show and the network at archpodnet.com slash members. Get some swag and extra content while you're there. Send us show suggestions and interview suggestions. We want this to be a resource for field technicians everywhere, and we want to know what you want to know about. Thanks to everyone for joining me this week. Thanks also to the listeners for tuning in, and we'll see you in the field. Goodbye. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you guys next time. This episode was produced by Chris Webster from his RV traveling the United States, Tristan Boyle in Scotland, DigTech LLC, Cultural Media, and the Archaeology Podcast Network, and was edited by Rachel Roden. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archpodnet.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.